Hello and welcome to Spooky Tales of the Pacific Northwest and Beyond. I'm Jennifer. Um, today we're going to be talking about cryptid cats. Um, there's a couple of them and two of them are from the United States and a couple of them are from Central America, mainly Mexico. Um, the first one we're going to talk about is the bald-tailed cat of Oregon and it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, the bald-tailed cat is a cryptid creature that was first discovered in the Pacific Northwest in the state of Oregon. Um, there is also a version that is said to reside in Pennsylvania, but I'm going to be only focusing on the one that is found in Oregon for today. Um, the bald-tailed cat is a cryptid that has an actual scientific name, which is wild um, and kind of amusing because I'm pretty sure that most cryptid creatures do not have a scientific name. Um, the source that I got the information from said also has no idea why or who gave the creature its scientific name, but that name is Felis. It's Cotta Globosa. And it said that this bald-tailed cat is actually similar in appearance to a mountain lion. Um, it's described as looking like a mountain lion with a very hardy, heavy boned tail at a heavy boned ball on the end of its tail. Um, there isn't a range that is specified for the ball tailed cat, but loggers and various types of woodsmen have shared tales of it all the way up into the 20th century. In 19, in the 1930s, Henry Harrington Tyrone wrote, um, Recent studies indicate that it is now pretty well confined to Harney County, Oregon, and Sullivan County, Pennsylvania. I didn't see or find any information really on the one that is said to um, reside in Pennsylvania. Only the one that's really kind of got more of the information is the one that can be found in Oregon. Um, they do say that this cat has a pretty unique way of hunting, which if you kind of know anything about cougars, this is really not that unique, except for one very unique aspect. The bald-tailed cat is said to have um, hidden in the trees up above, much like a cougar, and then dropped down on their prey from the tree, also like a cougar. But... The biggest difference and what makes this unique is the ball-tailed cat would <laughs> beat their prey to death with the ball on the end of their tail. Yes. So that is what makes this particular hunting strategy um, a bit unique compared to a regular old cougar or, you know, mountain lion. Um, the ball on the end of their tail is also said to, um, be used by the males to attract females by beating the ball on a hollow tree and making some drum music, apparently. Um, yeah, so there's that. Uh, no one really knows how the legend started about the ball-tailed cat, but some people have speculated that perhaps a logger was out in the woods one fine day and ran across a cougar with an abscess or a tumor on its tail, giving it a ball-like appearance. Um, that does happen, um, especially now because the population um, is so small compared to what it used to be, that um, gene pools are quite small anymore. So it does stand a reason that 
whatever genetic abnormalities, you know, cats might have had at some point or another or would have cropped up and made this odd little ball-like appearance on the end of their tail. Um, there are also a couple of other similar cats with balls on their tails. Um, I think one of them is the one that is found over in, um, Pennsylvania, but it didn't really, it wasn't really, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, um, there is also a silver cat with a smooth side to the ball of their tail for beating prey to death. I will, that will make me laugh every single time. Um, and a spiky side for hanging onto their prey. I'm assuming kind of like, um, hooks or a fork, maybe like you stab something with a fork. Um, there's also a cryptid called the Digmal cat or the Dingmal cat. Um, but there was relatively like zero information out there about that particular version of this cat, only its name. And I only really found it on like different RPG games and some deep, excuse me, deviant art, um, images, drawings, art, artists drawn them. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So there's, I mean like the bald tailed cat is in, you know, it's supposed to be indigenous to Oregon and it's supposed to have been mostly seen by loggers and people, um, in case you didn't know, the Pacific Northwest has a lot of logging that happens and it's a pretty exhausting, you know, job and quite dangerous. So it does kind of stand to reason that while some loggers are out there, you know, cutting down trees and stuff like that, they may have come across, as it said, a cougar, or, you know, with some kind of injury on the tip of their tail that made it think, you know, maybe it's got a ball there, but I don't know where they would have gotten it beats its prey to death with it. I, that I couldn't tell you, but the way that it does drop down on, on its prey from up above is really almost exactly how a cougar, um, haunts its prey. So the next cat that we are going to talk about is the wampus cat, um, of the Appalachians. Uh, the wampus cat has many different names depending on the region of the Appalachian mountains that it hails from. Um, in Missouri, they call this cryptid the Gallywampus. Um, in Arkansas, it's known as the whipple, Whistling Wampus. And throughout the rest of Appalachia, it's just simply known as, as the Wampus Cat. Um, it's also said that the Wampus is a half-dog, half-cat creature that can run on all fours or erect like a person. Um, weirdly enough, like it doesn't, like none of the sources said this, but a lot of the imagery of it has it with six legs kind of like a weird insect type thing and you know so some of them had it just looking like a normal cat um the wampus cat is usually sighted just before dark or just before dawn there are two legends about this cat um there's a non-indigenous one in this in that this cat is evil a howling yellow creature yellow-eyed creature who pierces the hearts and souls of those who might cross its path and afterwards 
after they see this particular creature, they slowly go insane. Um, but to the indigenous of the Appalachians, the Cherokees, and the various other nations, um, the wampus cat has an entirely different connotation. And it usually, which that usually happens when it comes to any kind of indigenous legend and colonization, um, white people tend to villainize those kinds of things. So it doesn't surprise me whatsoever that a relatively um, heroic tale would be changed into something evil because that's what we do. Um, according to indigenous legend, an evil spirit called now there's two different spellings of this word and one of them has the apostrophe in the middle of the word and one of them doesn't. Um, so I'm going to say that it's Ewa. Um, it's E-W apostrophe A-H. Um, anyway, A. I want to say it. I, I'm going to say it how my brain wants to say it. And if it's not correct, please tell me that it's not correct and tell me how to pronounce it because I could not find any correct pronunciation of this word. And it's, and I want to say Iwa. So this Iwa was preying on the village of either Edowa or Chota, Chota, um, depending on which version is told in North Carolina. The wife of the man sent to dispatch Iwa was angry that the demon um, had turned her husband mad and basically took her husband from her. Um, and the medicine people of her tribe would give her a, a boger mask, um, and the spirit of a mountain cat. She would defeat Iwa and would become her people's spirit talker and home protector. Um, it said that the spirit of running deer, which is the woman, um, resides in the body of the wampus cat and... <laughs> She's said to protect the lands from dark, the dark forces that are hidden in Tennessee, um, and that is in Tennessee, the Tennessee area. Um, another legend says that a nosy woman um, was caught spying on a sacred ceremony by hiding under a cougar's pelt. She was punished by her um, spiritual people by being transformed into the, transformed into the wampus cat. Um, this is similar to um, uh, to the legend in the regions of Appalachia of a woman who was cursed um, for some kind of disobedience or her involvement in witchcraft. Some others think that maybe the legend was based on European mythos of shape 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 shifting and has since merged with the Appalachian folklore. So some people think that. <laughs> It's possible that um, when the Europeans immigrated over here, they brought a lot of their mythos because Europe has an enormous amount of mythology and legends and folklore. And people think that that um, the immigrants brought that those for folklore and um, mythos to the United States, which is like a given and it kind of merged with the other already existing Appalachian folklore that was there. Um, regardless of what the folklore says, there has been some historic accounts of the wampus cat and um, it being spotted in the Appalachians. Um, 
1918, the Greenville Sun reported that a wampus is reportedly roaming in the Big Ridge, the Big Ridge in vicinity of Gethsemane. I think that's how you say that. The paper would go on to explain that rumors and sightings of the cat have persisted for generations. So that could be, that means like literally sightings and the rumors many, many years, like generations can go back hundreds, hundreds of years. Um, Sometime later, the wampus cat would grace the pages again when reports of it started headlining of it eating cats or not cats, dogs, pigs, and other um, farm animals in the Norfolk area. Some people have also speculated that the wampus cat is some kind of species that has, was thought to have been extinct. Um, but there's no actual proof that the creature creature actually exists outside of the newspaper reports and eyewitness accounts that I did not find on the internet because the internet is not infallible. Um, the wampus cat supposedly has a few supernatural abilities, such as a spine chilling scream. Um, they say that the vocalizations are meant to attract prey or ward off threats. I will tell you that, um, (coughs) cougars, if you've ever, um, heard them vocalize, scream, they, they scream and it sounds like a woman screaming and it's terrifying and bone chilling and gives you chills like straight up. So they do say that. You know, there's a couple legends in there that they, you know, like the wampus cat was a person that was turned into a cat from a woman, you know, so maybe these vocalizations and screams are women screaming. I don't know. Or maybe it's a cougar screaming. I don't know. I don't live in the Appalachians. Um, The wampus cat also possesses exceptional speed, agility, and stealth. Um, which can help it move around the area that it lives in undetected. It's also said to have the ability to shape shift. So that is part of that. Um, those European mythos that come over, come in to play because a lot of the other Western, you know, civilizations, mythologies have some kind of shape shifting is usually involved. Um, or the wampus cat can, can become invisible, which cultures all around the world have creatures that can become invisible. Um, believe it or not, the wampus cat is also a favorite of pop culture. Um, it was subject in Cormac McCarthy's The Orchard Orchard Keeper novel. I've never heard of that, so I may Google it and um, check it out and see what how how it holds up. Um, and it also pops up in fantasy role playing games such as Dungeons and Dragons, which I do play occasionally. We haven't gotten together and played for a while, but that's all right. Life life has a way of getting in the way. Um, and I'm going to have to check that out because I like those kinds of things. Anyway, I digress. Um, the wampus cat was also featured as a wand core in the Harry Potter franchise and was also a house name in the Ilvermorny school of witchcraft and wizardry, um, which is the, which, you know, wizard school in that franchise that is actually based in the United States. Um, several schools, like real life schools, not fake schools, um, in the Appalachian region also uses its likeness as school mascots. So that is the tale of the wampus cat of the Appalachians. 
Um, and you will never ca- catch me calling it Appalachia or whatever. It's Appalachian. Um, so the next one that we're going to talk about is some cryptid cats that um, are located in Mexico. Um, today is the last day of Hispanic Heritage Month. I hope everybody enjoyed themselves who are Hispan- of Hispanic descent. Um, and I hope people took the time out of their, you know, busy lives to learn some things about Hispanic and Latin cultures. Um, anyway, so here I go. In Mexico, there is a cat who is said to have lived there um, at some point or another, but has actually been relegated to myth, and that is the onza. Um, the name onza is re- derived from, and it's spelled O-N-Z-A, um, is derived from the Latin word for cheetah, uncia. Um, it was described in 1757 as being less timid than a puma, which in America, United States, we call them mountain lions, um, and are said to have a longer and thinner body than other lar- the other large cats in North America. It was also identified as the Mexican tiger by a man named Hernandez. Um, the source that I found didn't really go into a whole lot of detail about who Hernandez was, um, only that he was a man who had some kind of, who wrote some kind of book. I can't remember what it was. Um, many of the feature of the onsa resembled that of a jaguar rundi, which is a species of small cat that can be domesticated. A jaguar rundi um, can, does actually exist and they are found everywhere from, um, I want to say New Mexico, Arizona, Texas, down into Mexico, and I think a little bit into Central America, but I'm not sure. Um, and they are, they're kind of an interesting looking cat. You, I'll, I'll, when I put images up on the, um, Instagram, I'll actually share an image of what a jaguarundi looks like. They're kind of longer like they're a longer body. They kind of look like a, a, a wiener dog of cats. That's what they kind of look like. Um, but the onsa was described as having limbs and ears that were longer than that of a um, puma. Um, it was uh, almost likened to the Pleistocene cheetah um, and was later described as a cheetah-like puma that had been that had adapted to chase its prey fast like a cheetah there was also one that had been shot which was initially described as being in just as just simply just an emaciated puma um which happens in the wild but later was said to have um had differences from an actual cougar such as the longer ears and it was said to have striped markings on its legs in 1998 Tissue samples of this um, deceased cat were said to have been tested and found to be a, a creature that had did not have a distinct species, but was different from the North American puma. So Mexico, United States, Canada, all North America. Okay. So it stands to reason that things happen and animals move back and forth in their North American habitats. Um, Don't come at me and try to say that Mexico is only part of Central America. It's not Central America. It's North America. Um, That's my soapbox. 
I'm off my soapbox. Mexico is said to have been home also to the, I'm going to butcher this and I know I'm going to, um, the Quit La Meets, Meetsly, Quit, Quit La Meetsly, or Aztec Wolf Cat, which was said to be- belong to Moctezuma's, um, zoo when Hernan Cortez arrived. It was described as resembling a puma, but was far more aggressive um, than an actual puma was. It was said that Moctezuma Zoo held tigers and lions of two kinds, one of which resembled a wolf. Um, I don't think that there's really, I mean, I guess the jaguar and they could kind of resemble a dog. If you really like looked at it, it could. But it, it kind of it kind of looks like a bear cat, in my opinion. Um, one theory for that was it was a surviving remnant of the Pleistocene hyena, which it, I don't know if anybody knows this, but hyenas are p- more closely related to felines than they are canines. Um, and they act like it. Um, uh, another theory says that it could be an onsa. And still another, uh, a small-eared dog, which was said to have a cat-like, which was said to be a cat-like dog, um, which was covered in dark brown to black fur on top of its body and had a reddish-brown underside. So, there's that. Um, Columbich, um, this is a Columbus hate group. I don't like that man, and... No amount of convincing will trying to convince me will convince me otherwise. He was a terrible person. I can go on a tangent about that, but we're not going to do that. Columbitch also said, is also said to have reported a very weird cat-like creature out of Mexico in 1503. Um, It was said to have been killed by a crossbow hunter and was so ferocious that the hunter had to cut a front and hind limb off. It's fucking wild. Um, it was also said to resemble a very large cat, but with a man-like face. There could be some cultural significance to this with the noatles and all of that kind of stuff. We're not going to get into that because that is not my culture and I'm not going to, if you wish to research noal and noales, be my guest. Do so respectfully. All of that kind of stuff. It was said to have been so ferocious that it attacked a boar despite having been shot with a crossbow bolt. Um, this cat also was supposedly said to have a pre- prehensile tail, which um, that would be like a monkey's tail, um, that it used to actually wrap around the boar's neck in an attempt to strangle it. So there were other, you know, cat cat um species in mexico but quite a few of them i wouldn't classify them as being cryptid i would um say that they were morally more like um i want to say just normal cats like jaguars and in and stuff like that that um let me pull this up and see if i can there we go um so we had like the um, Mexican roughed cat, which sounds like it was just a normal cat that uh, was quite large and resembled lynxes. Um, it had really long legs. Um, yeah, it was 
Long legs, very large, well-furred paws, retractable yellow claws. It's a normal cat. Sounds like a like a long-haired puma or a um, lynx, which lynx probably had um, some habitat in Mexico as well as the United States. Um, there And then there were some in South America, like the Cougar Um or the jaguarete, which was described as being a scarce species in the 18th century, and it was depicted in Thomas Buick's General History of Quadrupeds in the 1790s and Buffon's Natural Histories. Um, that cat was also called the black tiger, but I think that was like probably an actual species that was truly an animal that more than likely went extinct. Um, because colonization is really good at that. Um, but let's see. They, yeah, it just, it says that it had the lower lip, throat, belly, and the inside of its legs were whitish or very pale gray. And it's bit, that has been attributed to some kind of, um, genetic mutation such as, um, pseudomelanies, Oh my God. I can never say that. Abundism, which is a colored, you know, genetic mutation, um, that causes, various different patterns to appear in, in animals. Um, Peru is said to have the giant black panther, which was supposedly very much larger than an ordinary puma. Um, it was most likely a black jaguar. Um, and jaguars are, jaguars are pretty freaking scary anyway. Like they're, they're scary because they, hunt silently and they can they like their mode of dispatching prey is to basically bite into their skull and that includes people so you know imagine your head fitting in a jaguar's mouth and them just going crunch um but that one yeah that one was in peru um yeah there's a lot of different things there was also in 1994 a um, Peter Hawking obtained the skulls of a female South American striped tiger, which could have very well just been a, um, let's see, just a uh, jaguar, another jaguar. Um, they, the Spain and Italy, I do believe, colonized, I think it just Spain maybe, but they called jaguars tigers because they didn't really have another word for leopard or or jaguar. Um, so, yeah, confusing the local name for jaguar is tiger. And so they were probably just getting, you know, pelts and skulls and stuff like that of jaguars and then saying they were tigers. And then it became like a huge cryptid type thing. Um, and it looks like some, uh, quite a few of them are just genetic mutations and unfortunate creatures that hybridized in the wild, which doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. Not as often as people want it to happen or want to pretend that it happens. It doesn't happen that often. Um, so yeah, that's cryptid cats. You got to listen to me go on a tangent about different things. Congratulations. I hope you had a good time with that. You probably didn't. So I'm probably going to get another one star review. Honestly, guys, if you, if you, if you review a podcast and you want to, um, review it and give it one star, 
at least tell the podcast runner why you gave it one star. Nobody can learn and grow and improve if they don't have feedback. And I don't mean being dickheads and absolute cunts about it. What I mean is constructive criticism. Um, it needs to have a reason and it needs to be constructive so people, like I said, can grow and improve and do things. You're welcome to give me one star reviews. I don't care. Um, I don't really do this. I, I This is fun for me, so I don't really care if you guys give me one stars or not. I think it's funny, to be perfectly honest. But that's just me. I mean, other people might get upset by it. So, you know, be nice to people. If you're going to give them bad reviews, tell them why you're giving them a bad review so they can adapt, grow, improve. Um, you can send your stories in uh, at spookypnwpod at gmail.com or you can um, DM me if you would like to at spookypnwpodcast on Instagram. Um, what else? Um, Patreon is pretty, still pretty stalled. I haven't really figured out what I want to do with that. I might not even do anything with it. I don't know yet. We'll figure it out. Um, I do have a subscription available for the regular pod on Spotify. There's nothing on it yet. So whatever. Nobody has to give me money if you don't want to. I'm not asking you to do that. If you would like to do that, wonderful, more power to you. The biggest thing and the biggest help that you can do is just keep listening, follow, give me some, you know, new followers and all that kind of stuff. Yes, I go on tangents. My description says that I cuss a lot and I have opinions. I have opinions about everything. Um, so yes, I will share what I have here on the Instagram for images, probably not tonight. It's almost my bedtime, probably tomorrow. My next episode is going to be, let me check because I can't remember. I think I have it written down as, um, Humpty Dumpty, I don't know. Um, I think I've got it marked down as aliens and alien abductions. Wash the Pacific Northwest does have quite a few tales of alien abductions and alien stories. And Mount Adams, apparently, I found out is a hot spot for that kind of stuff. And I think that's an organ or some some such. I can't remember. Anyway, oh wow, I'm I'm knocking things off my desk. It's been a long day. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Anyway, um, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Like I said, the only support I need is for people to actually listen to me. Keep it spooky, but don't be fucking assholes about anything. Just be nice to people. Um, unless they're racist. Um, anyway. I'm tired. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. See you later. Bye.